Smartcast. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the social psychic. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. I am pleased to have Nancy Byrne on our show today. Nancy Byrne is a featured author, psychic, and motivational speaker. Nancy's authored the book Choices, which is a cutting-edge work that empowers others to transcend the limits of their common thoughts. Byrne has also worked with uh, her, her clients in various settings to help them understand that to listen to your inner guidance from your own soul rather than the mindless chatter of those around you. She's also been a featured author at the Louise Hey, I Can Do It conference in Denver, Colorado in April of 2015. She does uh, her own show called Choices on News for the Soul Radio, which airs every fourth Friday at the end of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Nancy is specialized in offering inspirational messages of encouragement, empowerment, and self-renewal to her audience. She majored in psychology at the University of Colorado in Denver for both her graduate and undergraduate coursework and had a quite extensive experience working with uh, an adolescent psychiatric treatment hospital as executive director for women in need of group support program, a rape crisis center, and a director of a victim services unit at a major police department in the Denver area. She's also worked as a counselor at several shelters for high-risk adolescents and taught both at the Aurora and Red Rock Community Colleges. Nancy's a spiritual reader, a channeler, and she's worked with the American Association of Psychics. And she also graduated from the Aspen Program for Spiritual Development with a certification in spiritual development, spiritual mediumship, medical intuition, Reiki master and teacher, and did work as well with astrology. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jason. I am so honored to be on your show today. It's an honor to have you here. Uh, I know that you're over on Whitby Island in Washington State. And uh, yes. how is it over there today? <laughs> it's a beautiful day. It's, it's a beautiful day every day that you're on this island. It really is paradise. I can I can only imagine how beautiful that must be. I uh, I wanted to uh, I was very excited when I had the opportunity to look at your book Choices, and I wanted to uh, share with our audience some of the main themes of your book because my take on it is that it's a it's a it's a really good read. It's a it's average reader the ability to understand your message. I had a couple of guests on recently who worked with using their gifts. I know you also have intuitive and psychic gifts yourself. Uh, they use their own gifts to create their own literary works. Um, I wanted to kind of touch base with you about that as well, because you mentioned in your book throughout the entire work that you were influenced with spirit. And I wanted to see if you can possibly share with our audience how you went about um, tapping into spirit 
getting motivated by spirit to create this work? Well, it um, really wasn't motivated to write the book, and I never thought about writing a book. I just woke up one morning, honestly, and it was like someone was talking to me in the room, and Spirit said, I want you to write a book. And I, I literally said out loud, no one would want to read anything that I have to say. And Spirit said, your life experiences could help many, Nancy, because there are so many in the world that have gone through the same situations as you, but they feel they're the only ones and that they're all alone in the world. So I went out, I grabbed a notepad and a pencil and sat under my seedless cottonwood tree. We lived in Colorado at the time with my two Doberman, my five cats, and I also raised bees. <laughs> and uh, I just wow. started writing and I, I didn't, I really didn't give any thought to the book. It was just like someone was dictating a letter or something to me. And the book was finished within about three, three and a half weeks. And I didn't even know wow. what I had written. My husband was proofing it for me for typos. I didn't have the book edited or anything because I wanted it to be just as I got it. And um, he was just, oh, my God, this is profound. Nancy, you write much better than you speak. I had to laugh. I was like, yeah, because that's because I didn't write the book. <laughs> and I have on wow. the, I think on the front cover that Spirit actually wrote the book and that I just received author, you know, author credits because I typed it up and delivered it to the publisher. But um, thank you for saying that about the book because that's the whole intent. I believe Spirit's intent was just to just to really uplift people and help them to understand the amazing, the amazing human beings that we are, the miracles that we all are. I don't think that so many of us understand. We walk around like we're, lots of people walk around like they're part of the living dead and nothing could be further from the truth. We are just, we're all miracles. We look for that magic pill and it's already in us. We don't know it because we're too busy you know, seeking advice from other people or, you know, going to see therapists. And, you know, only spirit can give you the answers. I want to ask you this, because one of the themes I've been picking up on with my podcast or with my show is the idea of embarking on your spiritual path when you haven't previously had knowledge that you're meant to do things such as write a book about choices or become and publicly become an intuitive psychic medium like myself, or, you know, you're a featured motivational speaker and psychic yourself. My question to you is this, what was your earliest experience that made you realize that you would be on a special path spiritually that you've embarked on with your book and with your work, your life work? I think my first real experience with spirit was when I was about 10 years old and um, we lived across the street. We were part of the Roman Catholic church and there was a church um, on the corner across the street from where we lived. And uh, for some reason I, I grew up in a really abusive, um, I had an abusive childhood (laughs) and uh, for some reason I was more depressed than usual. And uh, my dad had gone to town to, drink and I snuck out of the house and I went over to the church and it was pretty late at night and the church was you know open because in Rocky Ford Colorado they didn't lock things back then and um, the church was totally dark except for two penance candles that someone had lit and I walked up to the front and sat down in the very front pew and I was just begging spirit God the divine to please let me die I just was tired of living And um, my rationale was that there are so many people that want to live and they die. So why didn't he let somebody that wanted to live live and let me die? Because I really wanted to die. I just just didn't want to live anymore. And um, I felt a hand on my shoulder, and I thought it was a priest, and he was going to take me home, and I'd get beat up for sneaking out of the house. And I turned around, and there was no one there. And I literally knelt on the pew and looked over to see if somebody was hiding behind the pew. You know, I was 10 years old at the time. And um, there was nobody there. But when I turned around and looked back at the altar, it was a glow in this 
beautiful golden light. People talk about white light, but this was a golden glow, and it just it filled the whole altar area. And at that moment, I felt so ashamed that I had been given the gift of life, and I was throwing it back into spirit space because it was just hard. And it's not like everything changed overnight, but I felt that was the first time I ever felt that somebody loved me and somebody cared about me. And I could, you know, so it was enough to go on. (laughs) And then things just happened after that that just, um, you know, sometimes um, when I was counseling people, I would know things that they hadn't told me or they'd say, how did you know that? I didn't say anything about that. (laughs) Or, um, Or I talking to friends, I just know something and, you know, it just, so then, um, but I was, you know, like I was, I had a really, I guess I was very rigid in my thinking. I, I, I felt guilty when I took a astrology class, you know, I was looking behind my back cause I didn't want anyone to, to know I was taking it cause I thought they'd think I was, you know, woo woo or something. And, um, I was, I was married to a police officer at the time, and um, like I said, in the you know in the church, and so I was just afraid that you know I was just really afraid to embark in that area. Um, and then finally, um, I ended up getting a divorce, and um, it opened up you know new doors for me. I took some courses, and after I graduated from the Aspen School of Psychic Development, um, she asked me if I would be a coach for the graduate students and help them with their readings. And so I did that, and then I, I did about 75 free readings because I wanted to make sure, I mean, this is so important to me that I wasn't giving people bad advice or just making stuff up in my head or so. And it really, it really um, built my confidence that I could give readings to people on the other side of the world and um wow. and be spot on. I mean spirit is everywhere and sees everything and knows everything. And I think it is so important for us if you can only have one best friend, if you can only trust one one entity, one person, trust spirit. And if you're gonna put your life into someone's hands, put it in spirits. <laughs> you know, but really we create our own destiny because we do have all the answers within us. I, I totally understand that, and I respect that you shared your personal story about growing up in the abusive household you grew up in. Uh, I also know that's featured in your book as well, and it sounds to me like that's actually been a catalyst in your life to probably working with the uh, disadvantaged children and at-risk youth and rape victims. Would that be would that be a correct assessment? I I believe so. You know, I I was so miserable, and I would never want to go back and relive my childhood again. But I am actually, it may sound crazy, but I'm actually grateful for the experience because I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't gone through that experience. I've learned that I am very strong and that I can turn adversity into something that can help other people. And I understand people's pain because I've been through it. And I just, I hate to see anybody going through that. I just, I really want people to know that no matter what in a situation you're in or or how horrible the situation seems, it is a lesson that your soul chose to learn before you even entered this body. And it's not a test along with every lesson you you learn comes some sort of a gift a reward and you just can't imagine i i thought you know i was just destined to be a nobody i really thought i was a piece of shit and i didn't deserve to breathe yeah. the same air other people breathe and that is so far so far from the truth spirit loves each and every one of us more than you even can possibly love yourself and wants above all else for you to have a healthy, prosperous, you know, happy, fulfilling life. And we, lots of times, get in our own way because we doubt ourselves. We feel undeserving. We feel like we don't deserve it. We're not worthwhile. We don't, we're not as pretty. We're not as intelligent. We're whatever. We always think we're lacking. 
we are just perfect the way we are. I was going to say, you you said that the best way possible. I always refer to it that we all have our own inner child, that uh, we have those insecurities that we still carry with us from when we were younger. And even if we're an accomplished adult and we portray this, you know, air of confidence about ourselves, deep inside, we're all insecure on some level about something in our life or about some experiences that left an imprint on us. And uh, looking at your situation, one of my questions I want to ask you, if anyone listening to this show is currently in a, an abusive relationship, what advice would you give that person about their situation? We think that we can help somebody, and we can't. They can only help themselves. And by staying in an abusive relationship, you're telling them it's okay to do that, to be that way, that people will accept it. If you are willing to put up with it, they're going to keep doing it. So you're not helping yourself. Lots of times I think that we stay out of obligation because we have children and we don't want to raise our children without a parent of the opposite sex or or whatever. We, We want to have two parents. For the child, and lots of times I think that we doubt ourselves. We're afraid that we can't, even if we've worked all our lives, that we won't be able to provide an adequate living for our children. And we want to give our children everything, just as Spirit wants to give us everything. And so we stay. You need to think of yourself first to thine own self. Always be true. Always. And then think that maybe this person could get some help. You know, you just can't save them. You can only save yourself. When you fly on a plane, they tell you to put the seatbelt on yourself first. And, of course, we want to help everyone else, and we can, but in other ways. Enabling someone is never the answer, and you just need to to look at your situation and also know that whatever you're in is temporary unless you make it permanent. And That's great. we're afraid to let go because... You know, we don't want to be alone. We we think we'll never find somebody else. But we don't understand that by holding on to something that no longer serves us, we're closing the door to something else in the future, sometimes even the near future, that would be the greatest thing that ever happened to us. It's just a matter of trusting, trusting that spirit does want to give you everything you need and knowing that you have everything within you to take care of yourself. And if you have kids... You know, you are able to do anything. You may not see it right now. We can't look at the outward circumstances. Sometimes what you can't see, most of the time, what you can't see is much more real than what you can see. Because we don't see the picture. You're right about that. So many people can't see beyond their current situation. They feel like they're trapped or they can't can't look beyond even the, the slight near future of their condition or, or, you know, what they're going through. And I think if it, just like you said, if you can actually have that faith, believe in yourself, believe in, in your guides, you know, spirit, um, your, you can go beyond your situation and change your life. You just have to have that courage to take that step, reach out to those in your life who love you, the resources of the local community and have the ability to take the, Take the, take, the, take the risk, you know, look beyond it and uh, empower yourself. I think that that's, that's one of the messages I get from looking at your choices book is we all have choices, free will. Yeah, and that's why Spirit told me to use that title. That was the only title I was supposed to use was just choices. Was, it seemed like, what? That's, it's just one word. But that's we all have choices whether we realize it or not. And we need to know that the choices we make every day will impact the rest of our lives. So we have to choose wisely. We have to think sometimes, you know, ask spirit for help. And it's always there. But you have to ask. It's like we have this whole entourage of spirit guides and, and you know, angels and archangels and, and just, you know, just ancestors and their only purpose their sole purpose is to help us navigate through the obstacles in this lifetime that is their whole purpose and most of them are bored out in their minds because we don't ask 
I like that. I like, I like telling people they have a spiritual army with them, uh, that they're not alone. You know, your loved ones who pass on, they're still with you. They guide you. They give you information. You just have to be open to receiving it. You have to be in tune with yourself. And you can't do it when you're thinking about the past and how horrible everything is and how we block, we block spirit sometimes. And sometimes in our grief, we block spirit. You know, it's just spirit is trying to give you answers and, and we just, we won't hear their signs all around us, but we don't pay attention because it's almost like our eyes have been dulled or something and we don't see clearly the lens or whatever, when people get glaucoma, I guess I've heard that people say that they didn't even know that all the colors, they were they didn't see all the colors. They didn't see the brightness. and They didn't even know until they had surgery. You know, it's almost like just a, a spiritual awakening. Your eyes are open and you see and you just, you know, I don't mean to sound like you're dancing in the fields merrily ever after because I don't think we ever <laughs> learn all of our lessons. I know I certainly have or haven't or else I'm, you know, an exception or something because I, boy, I'm still learning every day. Um, we all are. I, yeah, I told you about my experience on the beach, you know, where I was caught in quicksand and I was really terrified. And I, I always, I look to other people to help me. I always think that everybody, you know, these people are, have been walking for a long time. They know all about what to do. And this lady said, we've got to run. And we started to run. And, of course, we couldn't run. We just kept sinking deeper and deeper. And Spirit said, Drop to your knees and crawl, Nancy. It's the first time in my entire life, i got to tell you, that I didn't argue with spirit. I dropped to my knees and I crawled, and I was crawling out. And then I was able to yell to the other ladies, crawl, you've got to crawl, we have to crawl, and we all got out. And that really taught me that, you know, you and you alone are responsible for your life, for the choices you make in your life, and you and you alone can create your own destiny. And we have to just learn to listen to spirit. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I was looking at your, your Choices book, and you mentioned or you referenced the idea that you are a sacred building where your body houses your spirit, which is divine. I wanted mm-hmm. to see if you could elaborate on that a little bit for our audience. I think it's important to take care of yourself. You know, we're not here just to meet our own, you know, to take care of our own selfish needs. But it's very important if you don't take care of this magnificent body that you've been given in. I mean, this is a vessel that we use, you know, to help other people and to help ourselves. When this body has gone, yes, our spirit lives on, but our work is ended here. And maybe we're not, we prematurely end our lives sometimes because of, you know, addictive patterns or we just don't make time for ourselves. We're too busy running around scrambling, taking care of everybody else and ignoring ourselves. Lots of people feel that being spiritual is, um, you know, it's living a, the life of a monk or something. We were given our eyes to see the beauty all around us. and We were given our nose to smell the scents. We were given, you know, our mouth to be able to speak kind words to other people, words of encouragement, our hands to reach out and, you know, and and caress our loved one or to, to hug our children or to, you know, put our face on someone's cheek or just hold someone if they're sad. And, and even sexually, we're supposed to enjoy these bodies. We were given them to live in them and to enjoy. We're not supposed to be fuddy-duddies. Being spiritual doesn't mean, you know, just crawling in a hole and just praying and meditating all the time. We were put in this amazing, wonderful, beautiful world to enjoy it and all of its wonders and all of the miracles that are provided for us. And miracles happen every single day. I firmly believe that when we cross over, we're going to look back and think, wow, you know, I didn't even know how many times that angel pulled me out of the way or how many times I, you know, because I was just in la-la land and wasn't paying attention. But, yes, you know, I think we were given these physical bodies. And also, Spirit told me I, I had an amazing experience once where um, 
actually where I was able to stop a lightning storm, and I was really scared. Wow. Um, it seems weird that we would you know, be scared because we were able to help somebody, but I, I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to be turned into a charcoal briquette or something. And, um, and then um, I said, I respectfully thank you for stopping this storm, Spirit. And Spirit said, I said, who am I to command the hand of God? And Spirit said, Nancy, you are the hand of God. You are all the hands of God, Nancy. I need you more than you need me. I'm a spirit. People don't listen to spirit. I can't physically wipe the tears from a child's eyes, but you can do that. And so much more. If I were to build an orphanage in the night in the middle of the desert, somebody would think it was some demonic entity and burn it down. But if a human being were to build that same orphanage, it would stand. I need you all. Wow. You know, we're, and we're all connected. I think it is so important for us to remember that. We need our physical bodies to do this stuff. Definitely. So take care of them. Absolutely. I want to ask you, in your book, you reference what you call the wildflower theory. I'll yes. see if you can share that with our audience, what that means. Well, I used to like to hike. I've always liked, I just love nature. And one time when I was walking through the, um, the mountains in Colorado, I came upon a mountain stream, and there was a boulder in that stream. And on the top of the boulder was growing this little wildflower, I mean, in a rock. In, in the middle of a rushing stream. And it just, you know, it just, the flower was open, looking towards the sun. The leaves were outstretched. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. You know, I, I go home and I, I buy plants from the nursery and I plant them. And, you know, they've been probably sang to and watered, you know, and they're raised under the optimal conditions and everything. You take them home, and three days later, the little wimps die on you. But this wildflower was surviving under the most adverse conditions and thriving. And I think that that's us. We're all wildflowers. You know, even a piece of coal, a diamond was just a piece of coal until extreme pressure was applied. And we have all had some sort of extreme pressure applied on us. We're diamonds. We're not coal. We're valuable. A diamond is considered a valuable, valuable stone. And again, it all goes back to that we don't appreciate who we are. We don't remember who we are. We think we're worthless and we're not. Nothing could be further from the truth. We have to remember who we are. We have to remember our value. And it doesn't do anyone any good to make yourself little. I put this poem in my book from Miriam Williamson. And, um, you know, to hide your light so that somebody else doesn't, you know, feel small. We, we, you know, if somebody's going through a hard time, we don't want to tell them how wonderful things are going for us. But you need to. It doesn't bring glory to spirit. It doesn't bring glory to the wonderful things that spirit can do or to yourself, you know, to make yourself small. We aren't small. We are wonderful, amazing, miracle-creating human beings. We can do anything. We can move a mountain if we, have, if we believe. We can also create a mountain if we doubt. <laughs> you know, I mean, we do create our own existence. Everything is our own creation. And so we have to be careful about our thoughts and, and what, we, what we put our energy into, you know. If you can believe that it's going to be a magical life and a wonderful life, why would you choose to believe it's going to be a terrible, horrible struggle all your life? We have choices, and that's the title of the book. We have to choose I love that. once. It's just as easy to put energy into believing that things are going to be wonderful as it is to putting it into things that things are always going to be wrong and terrible. Definitely. We have a, a caller that I wanted to uh, have on the show, and um, I'm going to do that right now. Hold on one second. We have a couple of callers, but I want to incorporate one now, Okay. Okay. Hello, this is Jason. Welcome to the show. Hi, my name is Carla. Hi, Carla. Do you have a question Hi, for me or myself? Um, I have a question. Um, regarding my business, I am trying to get out of a lease 
of an office space that I rented um, that is not going well at all. Um, the landlord is a doctor that I'm renting an office in her office building, and from day one she has not liked me, and she um, has been very uh, abusive verbally and now she's trying to bring somebody else in the office, which is against our verbal agreement. And um, actually, I think she's going through my room when I'm not there, which it's supposed to be a secure room, and she won't let me change the lock. Do you see me being able to get out of this lease at the six-month point? It was a year lease, but there was a clause if six months if the accommodations weren't mutually agreed upon. Um, that I could get out, but I don't want to be stuck in this lease. And sh- it's okay. just, it's horrid. <laughs> I mean, but um, sure. I'm at the three-month part right now where I could give notice in August. And I was wondering, do you see me getting out then without having to pay her anymore, or um, do you see me leaving before that time? Uh you want to go first, Nancy? Jason, you're the attorney. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm doing this as my other hat, as an intuitive psychic. So legally, okay. I will tell you that I uh, will not be giving legal advice on the show because okay. it's not not my purview here. Oh. But in terms of your my intuitive side, I'm going to tell you two things. One, I think employing the theme of the show tonight, which is choices, I believe very strongly that you have your own inner guidance within yourself, your own intuition, you have choices right now that you can make. And I believe that you can choose to find a better environment for yourself mm-hmm. because of the fact that this is not a very positive place for you. I know that you are not getting along with each other and sometimes people's personalities don't mesh. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's better if you can walk away, give notice and find another spot for yourself where you're not going to have all that stress and that anxiety associated with being in a negative environment. Mm-hmm. I think the choice would be for you to make my recommendation would be at least what I'm picking up intuitively about you, that you would likely be better off giving notice and trying to find your own environment. That's not going to be as toxic as this one has become than mm-hmm. staying and trying to wait out the six months. I yeah. think kind of like what we're just three more months tonight. left. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, I've had some challenges this year having certain people in my life that I find are not the, you know, beneficial type to myself Mm -hmm. and sometimes you got to make those choices they might be difficult at first they might be scary you might have to Mm -hmm. end a relationship business-wise with somebody else but i'm going to tell you something as borrowing nancy's word spirit i call it universe in Mm -hmm. synonymously when you make courageous decisions and choices for yourself the universe Mm -hmm. and 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 god's spirit will always provide for you i believe you have other doors that are going to open for you you just need to be more proactive about it and, mm-hmm. and, and also, dispel of any of the what-if thoughts you've been, you've been plagued with. What if I don't do this? What if I do this? Yeah. You know, worrying. You, yeah. you See, really the only thing will. I'm, I feel yeah. – good. Good. I'm, the only thing I'm concerned is she would take me to small claims court to um, pay the rent, even though you know I what? have documentations of her being abusive, yeah. you know, and all kinds of other stuff. You have a, and breaking you the lease by strong, not even, yeah. you know, having a private office, you know. Well, I would say even if you had to go that route, you could go and defend yourself, and I feel like you have a very strong energy that you will mm-hmm. be persuasive. So you just got to mm-hmm. believe and have that inner confidence within yourself. You're on the right with this. You need to get out of it. I think you mm-hmm. will get out of it by August, and I believe that you will find a better environment for yourself, and you're going to flourish. You're going to flourish. Your business is going to flourish. Yeah. You're going to feel better about it, and it's going to be a, a positive direction and a good choice for you to make. Okay. And Thank you are you. in the right, but also you have to remember that everything, maybe this happened for a reason, so that you oh, would yeah, fight for yourself, so that you would mm-hmm. stand up for your own rights. Yeah. And, and, just and you know, like Jason said, you may have to go to, she may take you to court. Some people are very vindictive. But know that you will prevail because, you know, if you ask for guidance and help, then it'll be provided for you. We mm-hmm. we don't see the big picture, but it, it'll all work out. Once you take yeah. that leap of faith and, and take a stand for yourself, then mm-hmm. you'll you'll succeed. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Okay, thank you I, so much. I absolutely much. agree with Nancy. Good luck. Thank you. 
Thanks for calling in. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Nancy, we're going to take a one-minute break. I have one ad to run for a minute, okay? So uh, I'm going to play that now, and then we'll get back to our interview. (laughs) Okay. This ad is for Royal Susie, and uh, here we go. Are you looking for that perfect gift to express your appreciation for your loved one or bestie? Well, look no further. Royal Susie offers one-of-a-kind designs with genuine high-quality crystals, stones, and the most precious of metals that are guaranteed to satisfy the urges of your inner king or queen. Each piece is handcrafted with love and is sure to inspire and captivate all. Indulge yourself by visiting Royal Susie's website at www.royalsusie.com for splendid items like agate bookends, impressively crystal-studded bottle stoppers, and beautifully handcrafted nightlights that will charm every room in your home. Royal Susie's featured collections will truly delight your guests and always make them feel welcome. Any questions? Contact Royal Susie directly by email at royalsusiedesigns at yahoo.com. That was an ad for Royal Susie. Uh, we want to thank Royal Susie for all their support for our show. And if you're interested in uh, crystal boho jewelry or decor for your house, I highly recommend Royal Susie. Nancy, we're back on our show. I love the fact that we could tie in the theme from your book to our caller. And I like that you can actually simplify what happens in your book to the everyday situations and struggles that we all go through. We all have defining moments. Well, this caller, this last caller just made me think of, you know, one of the things in my book that I talk about is that, you know, spirit isn't testing us. Spirit already knows that we are capable of making the right choices, but sometimes we don't know that. And what we're really being given, Spirit told me, is opportunities for personal growth and tremendous empowerment, but we don't see it at the time. But when you face an obstacle, an obstacle that you think is insurmountable, or you take a risk and do something that you're terrified to do, and you succeed, your confidence just grows, not only in spirit, but in yourself. And that's what we're here for. We need to learn and remember who we really are. And it's only by facing these obstacles that are put in front of us. You know, this, if this obstacle hadn't come her way, possibly, you know, she'd have never learned that she could take care of things or learned to build that self-confidence. She's very capable. Definitely. And I believe I completely agree with you that having that confidence to make a change, even if it seems scary at first, you will overcome the situation. Like your book says, don't be your victim. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. Tell me, tell me a little about the chapter that talks about your perceptions, your reality. Well, I think that goes along with the theme of, um, you know, that um, we do create our own, our own destinies. I remember in undergrad school we had to do this um, project and just talk about, you know, different theories and stuff like that, and this cartoon came in front of me, this little girl, it's her first day of school, and she didn't want to go to school, she just, she knew it was going to be terrible, everybody was going to hate her, and she was going to just be miserable, and so, you know, her mom's pushing her out the door to, you know, to stand at the bus stop, which is right in front of her house, and all the kids are excited, and they've got their new backpacks, and they're showing their new backpacks, and their new pencils, and their new all this stuff to everybody. Of course, now it would be, you know, um, laptop or something, but um, and she's standing there away from the kids with her hands crossed, uh, folded across her shoulders. She knew she was going to be miserable, and nobody was going to like her. So then it showed her in the bus, and all the kids are sitting around talking and chatting and all excited about what's going to happen, this new adventure, and she's sitting at the very back of the bus just scowling. And then it shows her sitting at her locker, and she won't talk to anybody. So then it's time for lunch, and she sits at this big table, and all the kids are avoiding her like she's the plague. And they're walking around her, and they're sitting at other tables with other kids talking, and she's... She says, see, I knew it was going to happen. Nobody was going to like me. You know, but in order to have friends, you have to make yourself friendly, show yourself to be friendly. And so she believed 
we she believed they weren't going to like her, so she acted like no one liked her already. And then people were afraid to approach her because she was unapproachable. And that's what we do. We create an idea in our mind, and then we act upon it as if it were reality. And then it happens, and we think we were right. We knew that this person wouldn't like you. We knew that you weren't going to get that job. Just We have to think of the positive. It's just as easy to think of the positive as it is to think of the negative. Um, Definitely. I love that. You know, That's great. We have, go ahead. Well, I, I always thought that, you know, if people found out about, you know, my childhood, no one would like me. You know, they always think that the fruit doesn't fall too far from the tree. And I didn't realize, but I was a fake. I wasn't, I wasn't being me. I was living almost like living the secret life. You know, when you have a secret that you're holding on to, you can't be authentic. You can't be real. You can't be yourself because you might slip and let somebody know, you know, your dreaded secret. Um, you have to guard what you said all the time. You can't live your life when you have a secret. And then after I wrote the book, I think that there was a twofold purpose in the book. I think it was really to help empower other people and get them to realize the amazing human beings that we are. But I think it was also to get me to reveal my secret. And, you know, anyone who's read the book knows about my childhood. And it's amazing how freeing it is, Jason. It's like this big rock has been taken off of my back, you know, <laughs> like I was chained to a tree and now I'm free. People know everything about me. I don't have to worry about keeping a secret. And now I can be me and I love me. And people seem to just really, really want to be around me and they love me too. And it's like all this time I spent trying to keep this secret from everyone because I was so afraid. And once it was out in the open, it's it's amazing. I love that. I really do. I love the fact that you are willing to share your, uh, you choose to share your choice to share that, that part of yourself, to, to give others the example that to live in your authentic self, sometimes you got to get out of your comfort bubble, your comfort zone and share, take the risk of sharing something, making that choice to do so. But at the same time, it's also freeing, empowering and uplifting. And, um, that's, that's powerful. I, I don't know what else to say, but rather than to say it's a very powerful thing. <clears throat> well, you know, and we all want to be loved for who we are, but how can people possibly love us for who we are if we don't let other people know who we are? You've got to make yourself you know, vulnerable in order to get that reward. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, you just can't go blabbing everything to everyone because <laughs> there are some people that, yeah. you know, just um, – but. You have to use discernment, but also, you know, we've, we don't trust other people and we don't because we don't trust and we don't trust spirit because we don't trust ourselves. You know, the bottom line is it's a huge, huge, tremendous responsibility when you realize that you do create your own destiny, that you do create your own lives. You can no longer blame other people. You can't blame your your you know, childhood upbringing, you can't blame the devil, you can't blame society, you can't blame anybody because the buck stops with you. Your soul knew what choices that. you needed to learn at the beginning of your life, and you're working through these lessons. And, you know, it's just, you know, when, what's that verse? When much is given, when you're given so much, much, is, received. much is expected. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you. When you've been given so much, when spirit has given you so much, you have a responsibility to use it. You just can't lie, let all these gifts lie dormant and never use them. It's like giving somebody a check for a million dollars and they complain that they're starving to death because they don't go cash the check because they don't think they deserve <laughs> it. It's sitting in a drawer someplace. My God, we've been given it all. And it's it's just awesome. I think that's why some of us don't want to – we don't want to realize – how powerful we are because then we can't keep blaming everybody else. We have to know that we're the ones that are responsible. 
No scapegoating and no excuses. I have another caller that I want to take their question. Hold on a second. Hi, this is Jason. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jason. Hi, Nancy. This is Valerie. Hi, Valerie. Hi, Valerie. Hi. Hello. I I was wondering, Nancy, if you see love coming in for me this summer. Um, actually, I don't, Valerie. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that I think that you will find love um, when you're ready. But I think that um, you're working on yourself, and I, and you're, God, you're like a butterfly. You know, you're, you're right now. You're just, you just come out of the cocoon, and you're just learning who you are. And if you get involved in a relationship right now, I think it would, it would hinder your growth, your spiritual growth, and that's the most important thing. First of all, you have to be in love with yourself before you can really love anyone else. And, um, you know, once you get accustomed to flying free, you may not want a relationship. But you need to devote your time and your energy right now to, you know, to you and to growing and to just becoming all that you are capable of becoming. And then if you decide you want a relationship, you're not going to collapse in the relationship and you're not going to, you're not going to give your power over to another human being. Right now, if you were in a relationship, oh, I think you would collapse into that relationship. I have to – can I say I disagree? <laughs> Is that okay? Pardon? Yeah, that's fine. Oh, okay. But, uh, that that was true of me uh, years ago, not now. The lesson's been learned. From who? Oh, the lesson. Well, I just – I'm sorry, but I, I just don't feel that it's it's time for you to be in a relationship right now. I just think that it's too – it feels like, I don't know, the timing isn't right. But I I think you will, you know, eventually be in a relationship. But right now I just don't think it's t- the timing. Sometimes we get impatient and we settle and um, when something much, much better is just around the corner. I got oh, one yeah, I'll wait for you, Valerie. I'll wait for around the corner. I'm, I'm not impatient, so I can wait. <laughs> I oh, can good. wait for the Valerie, I got Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I didn't mean to interrupt. My one question no, for you okay. is have you been doing have you been doing uh, something different like online dating? Online sites? I no. Okay. Um one of the things as you're talking to Nancy right now, I feel like one of the things that could come for you at least increasing your opportunities is to be open-minded to other venues that aren't based on what you've done in the past. I feel like you could actually do something a little different in your strategic approach. And I don't always tell people to check out the websites and like, like an eHarmony or a match.com kind of thing, but I feel like you have a very creative side to yourself. And I also think that there's an opportunity for you. And when you were asking about the summer, I feel like right now you're in a, a, a zone where you're really taking inventory of a lot of things in your life and you are ready to share yourself. Uh, like a couple of years ago, you, you had a lot of drama you went through in a prior relationship, I feel like, where you had something that limited you. You're not limited anymore. You're ready to, right. to store. Exactly. What I'm looking at or what I'm sensing, what I'm sensing is keep your options open and don't just be limited in your approach with things. And also don't be afraid to be assertive. I know that there's gender roles, that if you're a lady, you have to wait to be asked or to pursue. I'm going to tell you that employing our theme of the night, choices, if you choose to be a little more assertive in your approach, I would say, and, and, and this is just my own take, that technically summer ends in September. I feel like you could potentially have someone that you're companionship with, like friends with, that at least offers you opportunities, you're going to learn a lot in the next several months about yourself. Kind of like what Nancy's saying that you're, you're, you know, one of the things I'm picking up is definitely keep your options open, be assertive and don't be afraid to put yourself out there to be vulnerable because I feel like you're going to be rewarded in the, in the long run. Oh, great advice. Great advice. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And here, here's one other thing I just want to leave with, with, you know, I know we're limited in time, but the one thing I'll say, I gave a reading about a week or two ago and I told someone 
have a friend help you with an online dating profile. I told them that, and then they, they texted me and said literally their friend helped them, and they found somebody within a week. I'm not saying that's going to happen in your case, but don't be afraid to ask one of your friends that you're close with that knows you your bestie and knows you better than anybody else. Hey, you know what? I want to take the plunge and look at one of these websites like a best, you know, match.com or eHarmony or one of those kind of things with the understanding you may not meet your immediate match or your soulmate, but it's the process that's fun. It's like interviewing for a job. My grandmother told me right. when I was younger, you interview them the way they interview you. You, <laughs> looking, for your, looking for your match, you are very well within your, your power to interview perspectives and, and enjoy that. And I feel like that self-empowerment employing the theme from tonight's book, take the choice. Step outside. Okay. I always tell people about changing, changing your paradigm. You know, change your paradigm on how you approach the dating thing. Be empowered. And I bet you anything you'll be surprised if you're going to have some opportunities coming up in a few months. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so thank much you. for calling into the show. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy, for that. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about your chapter, and I love this, All Alone in the Crowd, because the topic is something that I see a lot, and I'm prone to this myself. In that chapter, you talk about the fact that relationships are one of the most important parts of ourselves in, in our world. But with modern technology, smartphones, computers, handheld devices, you assert that we're lonelier now than at any other time in history. And I wanted you to talk about that briefly uh, to share with our audience what you mean by that. Well, I, uh, one time I went to uh, see a girlfriend in Houston and um, she picked me up at the airport, and um, the minute we got into her car, she got on her cell phone and started talking to someone about the night before. Unfortunately, she didn't have it on speaker mode, so I didn't get to listen into the conversation. But uh, it sounded very intriguing, but I had just traveled across the country to see her. And um, it's, we often, somebody who's there beside us is less important than the person that's on the other end of the line and it's just you know you see kids talking to each other I was walking along the beach the other day and there are five kids sitting there on a on a tree and they're all texting and I walked two miles down the beach and I turned around and walked back they're still sitting there texting and as I passed them they all got up at the same time and left walked off so we're not learning how to speak to one another and we're not learning how to listen to one another you can you can learn or get so much from someone, the, the quality of the, of the tone. You know if somebody's joking or if somebody's just, you know, being mean. And it's so easy to misinterpret when you're just texting, depending on your mood. If you're in a bad mood, you think everybody hates you, you're going to think that somebody's, you know, being critical of you when they're just maybe having a sense of humor or they didn't mean it at all. So we lose so much in being able to hear each other's voice or to see each other's facial expressions. I mean, you get so much body language is so important. It's a whole field in psychology, you know, the study of body language. And they use it in the criminal justice system too, the way someone stands, if someone looks at you, if they look to the right, if they look to the left, how their legs are placed. I mean, we just instinctively, we are human beings. We're animals, but we're social animals. And we pick up cues from each other. And within, what do they say, five minutes of meeting someone, you know whether you like that person or not, whether they're going to be in your life or not. But we exactly. miss that. Well, you can't see somebody, you know, when you're texting, you can't hear them and you can't. So we miss out on tremendous opportunities to get to know each other and to be closer to other people, you know. I would tell you, know, you know, I agree 100% with what you're saying. I fall prone to that, and i got to learn to put my phone down when I'm out with friends because with these smart devices, you know, the power of this iPhone that's in my hand right now is more powerful than what we use to send our astronauts to the moon. And that's only been, you know, since 1969. Think of it, mm -hmm. what power we hold of connectivity. There's benefits to that. You're right. There's the side effects. And I absolutely agree with you. When I go out and I'm in a mall and you see a couple, a younger couple, and they're sitting across from each other and they're each looking down into their phones and not even communicating over a meal, or if you're 
You know, I do like having my smartphone when I'm, for example, stuck in a line waiting. I made the joke talking to you earlier about back in the day when you used to go to the DMV to get your driver's license renewed or you had to do something and you had nothing to entertain you when you're stuck in a line. Well, now when you're stuck in line, <laughs> you could be entertained just by, you know, your, your, your handheld device. But the flip side of that is tuning out, you know, uh, disconnecting. I, I went to a cabin in North Carolina with family uh, for Thanksgiving and there was no internet, no cell phone, no cable. And I had to really retrain myself for those five days. But after I experienced it and spent time with nature, it was the most refreshing experience for me. It was a reset button. And I'm sure with where you live, it's the same type of thing. You have to disengage in order to appreciate the world that we have, the natural world, the direct communication that we can have with one another and quality over, say, something as um, superficial as a text message. Yeah, you can text each other all hours of the night, and there's new norms that have been created and mores that have been created by that. But the reality is we do need to be social beings, and we do need to re-engage the old ways, which is direct face-to-face communication, like with your friends. If you fly across the country to visit somebody, put your phone down. Disconnect. You know, it can wait. <laughs> um, I, I love that. I think that's a great, that's a great message. You know, when you're have, having the dark night of your soul, you don't text spirit. You don't email spirit. You're just, please help me. Get me out of this. I need you now. Exactly. Exactly. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I think everything that we do, we have to think about the choices we make and how others in our lives that are close to us receive our decisions. And I need to challenge myself. Can I disconnect for a few hours a night or disconnect during a lunch? Or, you know, a lot of times people have problems now, even in the work environment where they can't disconnect when they're working, they have their phone open and they're sitting there while they're working on YouTube or some other social media and that's like the downside of things. There's obvious value to it, but there's also the downside. And we've got to become more balanced with ourselves, definitely. I agree. I agree 100%. I just think that we've, um, you know, we just, I love being in nature. I just love it. It's it's the most, it's what I do. When, I, when things get tougher, I just walk through the woods or walk by the beach or just, or, or be with my animals. It's, we're all connected. And we also have to think of, that our choices sometimes impact other people. And, yes, they've chosen to be in our lives and they've chosen to be impacted by us. But, you know, everything we do has an impact on other people besides ourselves. And so we need to look at the big picture. We don't see the big picture all the time. Spirit does. But, you know, if you decide to go out and, you know, blow $500 on a new dress, it's going to impact your family. You know, you just can't. You have to Definitely. think about that. You know, what does a budget, you know, what can you do with the, the money you have in the budget? Maybe, you know, somebody else needed a pair of work shoes. or or So everything we do, we have to take care of ourselves and be true to ourselves, but we also have to think about the other person. And like you said before, it's a balance. It's all a balance. Absolutely. Uh, from my vantage point, looking at everything we do every day. You know, I love that whole pay it forward. Is that what it's called? Um, mm-hmm. I was online at a drive through Dunkin' Donuts. I love Dunkin' Donuts. And I went to Dunkin' Donuts a few months ago, and someone paid my bill before I got to the drive through window. And that was like, wow. It, it, was, it was amazing. The idea that you can do selfless acts, to help someone else without even knowing who they are and not asking for anything in return. That's the beauty of human nature. That's the beauty of the human soul, the, 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 the experience we have. When you look at these tragedies like hurricanes, or if you look at um, even what's going on right now with children being separated from their families, immigrant children trying to come into the country seeking asylum. I'm not going to bring up the whole politics of that, but what I'm going to say is you see the people in our society acting and expressing their viewpoints to change that situation. I love that. I love when people are empowered and don't stand back. They, they assert themselves to try to make a true difference. And that's the right. choice like they that make. Too. Yes. You know? A choice to help and, others and, and just uh, disregard life. All life is 
life is the most valuable gift we could have. And we need to respect it. We need to respect all life, the trees, the animals. Just, you know, it's just we're not some, you know, special group. Human beings have a mind and they can make their own choices. But that doesn't mean that we can't, that we have to, we're lowering ourselves to help an animal who's been, you know, hit by a car. Just we we have to reach out. We, we really, I believe, we're connected to all of life, the whole of life. Just life in general. I agree. I agree. And I, I, I really enjoy the fact that with our choices that we are given every morning, you wake up, you get a new day, you get a new opportunity. You can l- choose to live that day the way you want to. Are you going to live that day on, and wake up on the wrong side of the bed and blame, you know, the day turning bad because you cut yourself shaving and you got in the car and got stuck in traffic and was late for work and or are you going to look at it and stop that thought process and say, okay, this might be a bad situation or at least uncomfortable, but I'm going to make the best of it. And trust me, I'm not one that follows that. We all have our bad days, our off days. But the challenge, I think, is choosing your, how you respond to things that are thrown at you. And I think that's one of the lessons that you can learn. And I, I feel like that's a theme in your book, that if you can, you know, don't act as if you're a victim. Instead, empower yourself and utilize your, your life opportunity to make the best experience possible for yourself and to help others. Selfless acts, for me, are what makes us uh, wealthier as individuals in, in our spiritual soul and everything else. Yes, and like you're talking about our choices and stuff, I read a verse one time and I typed it out and had it in my, in my study and it said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> So just believe that that you can and then do it. Nancy, we're running low on time. I want to ask you one last question. Based on your book and based on your life experience, what would be the most defining moment of your life that you would say to a total stranger on the street to describe who you are and where you're headed? (laughs) I truly believe that I'm a miracle and I can do anything I want to do that I put my mind to doing. And I I got a reading one time and it said that I'm going to be on a stage in front of thousands of people. And so I think if I can reach tons of people, that would be great. I just want to help people understand that they're all miracles and to empower them and to get them to believe in themselves. Um, so that's what I would tell somebody. And it may sound uh, pride, prideful or boastful, but it's the truth. We're all miracles. We're all amazing, wonderful human beings. And it's time that we quit playing small and started remembering who we are in our souls. Because we're not these bodies. They're just tempor- temporary. We are our souls having a human experience. And that's the way we need to live our lives and enjoy this experience. Enjoy it. Make the most of it. Have some fun. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I definitely love that. I want to thank you for coming on today. Before I, before I, we end our episode with you, please let our our audience know where you can be found so that they can uh, go on your website. What's your website again? Just so that you can share that with our audience. www.choices. Of course, I'm all about choices dash nlb.com. And in terms of reaching out to you directly, is there an email address that you prefer to be contacted by anyone asking for guidance or any further information? Um, well, if they go to my webpage, they can send me messages from there. Okay, perfect. But I, my perfect. email is nancy at choices-nlb.com. Nancy, I want to thank you for making the choice to come on our show this evening. It has truly been a pleasure, and I have thoroughly enjoyed having you. Well, I've enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, You're a wonderful host. (laughs) (laughs) You've been a fantastic guest. And uh, when you do finish your next work, please let us know. I'd be happy to have you back on. Thank you, Jason. Okay. Have a great day. Bye. You too. I just want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in this evening and for listening to our podcast, our recorded version of this episode. Uh, Next week, I will actually not be on at 8 o'clock. We'll probably do a pre-recorded episode. I have a business trip in New Jersey I have to take. 
But I do want to let everyone know, thank you for your continued support of this show. Uh, We deeply appreciate having your support. And I am excited about our upcoming episodes. We do now have availability through the Alexa app. There's also a mobile app for Google Play and for the Apple iTunes store. Uh, We have the website, which is www.thesocialpsychicradio.com. It has to be updated. I apologize. I will update that at the earliest opportunity I have. And for anyone seeking any further information, you can always contact me directly at info at thesocialpsychicradio.com. Uh, the letter D for uh, D for the uh, email address. Uh, thank you so much, and thank you for listening to our show. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, the Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric acid. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast. Electric Cast.